Okay, we don't need to do much of an intro because I don't think anyone is starting here. If you are this, no, there's an episode before this. This isn't going to make any sense. So I don't need to introduce anyone. Just, hey, welcome back. Well, hi. Glad to be back. Thanks for, you know, I figure once we do two, then from this point on. I'm just roped in. At this point, it's too much of a time commitment to bail. Exactly. Well, I mean, no. Once we get to like the third and fourth, that's when you're closer to the end than the beginning. Still, I feel like once we get to the two, it feels like, okay, this is a thing we're actually doing. Um, So welcome to the next round of this thing we're actually doing. Paranormal Activity Dose. Paranormal Activity Duh. Paranormal Activity, I don't know how to say two in any other languages. That's two more than I can do. Did I already say dose? (laughs) Paranormal Activity 2, the inevitable sequel because the first one made way too much money for them not to make another Paranormal Activity. So three years later, they did, which actually is a little longer than I expected. But I think it was because they maybe they released it in 2007, but it took some while to kind of pick up steam. Yeah, because most of the things that I saw online were saying that, you know, Paranormal Activity 1 came out in 2009, but yet it was 2007. So, yeah, I, I think yeah. it's more of a one year later release. Yeah. And then, yeah, like Saw, where basically they had the churn out of Saw every Halloween. I think Paranormal Activity was the same because Paranormal Activity 3 was 2011 and 4 was 2012, et cetera, et cetera. You know, yeah, you, you had to have your, it was just a thing you had to do. I don't think they came out around Halloween though. Let me see if I can find that. Oh, they did. I'm wrong. I guess Saw was done. That seems like such a Halloween thing to do because I I mean, this is such a carbon copy horror film. So I I have really high opinions of number two. (laughs) Paramount must have been so excited though, because these movies can be like slapped together for no money. They knew they're going to make crazy profits. Like they must have just been sitting around going, well, this is it. We need at least one or two of these a year. Um, but yeah, so Paranormal Activity 2. Yeah, so how have they only made seven if this is just Buku Bucks? I wonder if the latter ones haven't done as well. I think that's probably what happened. Yeah. Um, like, well, well, I guess we'll have to see once we get there. But this one cost $3 million and worldwide made $177 million. So it's interesting. It made $40 million in its opening weekend, but only 84 total. So it must have plummeted. After that first, after that first round, which makes sense. Yeah. And then word of mouth too, because I, I don't know, like me personally, if I would have seen it out and it, this was a thing at the time, if I would have gone to theaters and seen it, I would have told anybody in sundry that don't waste your money. So, well, we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, d- different director this time. Uh, so the director of paranormal activity two has gone on to do the horrible Stephen King adaptation sell. And then we stopped letting him make movies. So. <laughs> no, you know, that's another one I've never seen. I've read the book a so couple bad. of times, but I've actually never seen the movie. Is it's that with not even... Colin Farrell? John Cusack. Oh, yeah. And it bombed with John Cusack? Yes. Oh. Okay. Well, I don't think John Cusack's been... List. I don't think John Cusack's been a box office draw since 2000, maybe. 
Well, considering I just watched time. Say Anything for the first time a handful of weeks ago, I guess, you know, I've got some catching up to do. <laughs> Not with Cell. It's just going to make you so sad to go from peak John Cusack to that version of John Cusack, where he was just like, is there a warm meal involved? And they said, sort of. That's, <laughs> that's fine. Just well, tell Sean, me I'm, I'm when to show up. An- I'm sensing another podcast for you. Why don't you just watch all of Cusack's movies? A John Cusack one? Yeah, just make will- just segue straight from Willis into the Cusack and make Sam do it too. So call it the Q zone. See? C-U-E Q zone. No, here and there, we're not gonna do that. Uh he was a nicer dude than I expected when I met him at Comic-Con, but not podcast worthy. <laughs> Uh, all right, Paranormal Activity 2. It's a prequel, technically. Yeah, it is. And I spent the vast majority of it very perplexed about how it was going to fit together. And I probably the one one of the handful of nice things I can say about the movie, I did like how all of a sudden the cookie, you know, the puzzle pieces slotted together 10 minutes to the end where you're like, oh, that's how this is a prequel. Because I spent almost the entire movie going, how is this weird stuff happening in your sister's house but you don't recognize that it's happening in your house? Why is there no connection? And then all of a sudden, you know, when they do the weird ending, which I know we will get to, then like, I I think the light bulb moment came on and I just went, oh, that makes sense. And okay, that's actually pretty clever. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh, Katie's sister who does have a name. Christy. Christy, yes. Um, we know from the first movie that both her Katie and her sister experienced bad things uh, as children. So this is basically what is happening to the sister around the same time the events of the first movie are happening to Katie a little bit earlier. Um, Cause yeah. at the very beginning, nearest the beginning, Katie and Micah come to visit and in text pops up, pops up that says, this is, I think 60 days yes. before Micah and- is killed. And that's where I was very, very confused because shortly thereafter, which another thing I I didn't care for in this movie is that the count, like the day count took so long. Like it wasn't until day like 22 or 23, we hit the finale. And I'm thinking that, I mean, it was an incremental lead up, but they just kept trying to build the tension and nothing would happen. It'd be like day 17, nighttime camera nothing happened, you know, but that really, really threw me when I was trying to connect how this was a prequel because it said, you know, Micah dies 60 days from today. And I'm thinking, so in two months he dies. And in the first one that took what, 12 or 13 days, something like that from where they started mapping it to the end. And like you had pointed out in our first conversation, they, you know, the, before the camera showed up, funny business had been happening. So I'm thinking, okay, so even if we're generous, that's like 25 days. So this happened like a month before the weird shit starts happening to Katie and the sister is just like, mom's the word. You don't need to know. That really messed with me. And I struggled with that timeline. Yeah. It's not until what the final 15 minutes that we get Katie coming over to the house and telling her, yes, some real weird stuff starting to happen to me now too. And then the two movies intersect Mm -hmm. at the very, very end. Yeah, like I honestly, I kind of felt like this was a classic example of a horror novel that could have been a horror novella because there was so much stuff at the beginning that just felt extra. What 
I don't disagree that there are a lot of nights where, because in the first movie, I don't think there's a single night where nothing happens. <laughs> there's a couple where minimal things happen, like the door moves or you hear a sound, but something always happens. And unless we both missed it, there seem to be quite a few nights where the cameras pan around and then it's day. <laughs> right. And, and, and like I felt in the first one, the tension built beautifully. And in the second one, I just, I almost had tension exhaustion by the time we hit the finale. Cause it was like, I just, I, I've like, it would flip it. Okay. So in the first one, it would flip to the night camera. And, you know, I, I joked about how oh, it's spooky time. It's spooky time. Like immediately I'd get that visceral reaction of, Oh gosh, here we go. And then by the time we actually got to where things were ramping up, it was like, Oh, it's another night shot. Well, is this even going to be worth it? Or are you just screwing with me again? The one way it kind of pays off is the biggest jump scare in the movie happens during the day. Mm -hmm. So that is kind of nice because they train you to think nighttime, nighttime. And then I don't know if that's all in the effort of this one jump scare, but it does make it more effective that the biggest Jesus Christ moment happens like at 10 o'clock in the morning. Yes. And that was an excellent jump scare because it came out of absolute nowhere. I knew I connected because I've seen this one before when it first came out. So it's been, you know, 12 years or whatever, but about two seconds before it happened, I was like, Oh, I re- remember. And it still got me. Yeah. Cause I was yep. like, Oh, I think I know what this is, what this is going to be. And it still works. And I guess maybe we'll get to it. Cause I'm sure it's both of our scariest moments, but. Um, yeah. yeah we, um, I- right. I thought there was, you're just shaking your head. Well, a, I was trying podcast. to process the thought and it just slithered away again. So it, it'll probably come back out at some point. <laughs> we should well, we should set up, I guess, a little bit of the plot before we get into my pre-prepared questions. Um, so the gimmick this time is security cameras that have been set up around the house instead of the main character running around with a mm-hmm. camera, which does sometimes happen in this one. It does. And I see, and I think that was a lot of it that I struggled with because if you have a break-in and that was the whole inciting incident in this movie is they came inside and their house was basically trashed, but the only thing taken was um, a necklace Katie had given to Christy at some point. That was it. Everything else was accounted for. Um, And the baby's room wasn't touched, but everybody else, it had been trashed. So then at that point, they decided they needed to install security cameras, which, yeah, that makes perfect sense. But why would you put the security cameras inside your house? Like, I, th- to me, I struggled with that. So here's a great time, Sean, plug your email address, because if you have security cameras inside <laughs> your home, I would love to know why. Because I understand if you have so, them around the perimeter, but inside with volume, that just seemed, or microphone, I should say, not volume, that just seems extremely invasive and really weird. So that email address is flippin' with no G through franchises at gmail.com. You can email us and let us know if you have security cameras inside your house and why, why, why you did that. Yeah, um, and, and like I said, outside makes perfect sense. Like my parents have their entire house, it's security cameras, and they have kind of the DVR thing like they did in this, you know, in the video of how they could play stuff back and it makes perfect sense in fact we often get to see videos that my mother sends me of a skunk that comes and visits them and my son loves to see pictures of the stinky kitty so you know i, I get it 
but inside your house is super weird to me. They never check the footage anyway. No, even <laughs> they, like when their weird shit is happening and the daughter is like screaming and begging, they're like, nah, I ain't got time for that. Like, that mm. like that's why, that's why they're there. Like just take a look and you'd see the footage of, Hey, something invisible is lifting our kid out of the crib. Right. Um, and, and that's another thing too. I struggled with, was that a baby monitor or was that a full on security camera? I feel like it was supposed to be like a baby camera like or whatever you would call it. But at the same time, I guess, yeah. Have those in 2007 when this was set? I feel like the video monitors didn't become a thing until much later. They must have. We bought it one in 2016 when we were expecting our first. It couldn't have been a new product. Yeah, we bought ours. Yeah, I don't even know when we bought ours. I'd have to do math and that's not good right now. No, let's not do that. Um, yeah, so as we mentioned in the first episode, there is a baby in this one. It's actually not as bad as it could have been because the first scene in the movie is basically them bringing the kid home. So it's a newborn. And I figured I can't cope with that. But then by the time the, the bad stuff's happening, the kid's probably like two, maybe a little and, younger, year and a half and, to two. Yeah, and it's funny that you say that because honestly, I think had it been kept as an infant, I would have been better. The fact that they used a toddler I got pulled out of that movie so much because to me, it felt like gratuitous baby. Like they just slapped the baby in there to pull on people's heartstrings. And I struggled so much because every scene where that kid was sitting there crying, I'm like, where is the parents off camera? You're just okay with your child screaming bloody murder. And this wasn't like a little bit whining, crying. This almost makes me wonder if somebody was like pinching that kid to get him to wail like he was. Yeah, there are some pretty heartbreaking child wailing at yeah and so points. to me that just immediately shattered anything that they were trying to build because i'm just sitting here thinking you're torturing this kid can whomever this child was in like two you know whatever year this came out like we were saying can we check back in with him is he doing okay <laughs> i feel like you might get an answer in one of the sequels because remember every paranormal activity builds off the previous paranormal activity so i don't think it's going to be too big of a spoiler for me to tell you that we have not seen the last of hunter oh, right well I, i'm talking more like the actual child actor not the character because you but i'm wondering if but i'm wondering if in the other movies they just got the guy like you know what would be cool if now he's grown right. up enough we can just get him a, I, I don't know maybe actually i probably could check that he probably has yeah cuz now i'm super curious because like i said that was just that was tough for me where they would pan to the kid standing in his crib. And I mean, he is shrieking. Like it's not even the like creative camera where you just see a, the back of the kid and they maybe have dubbed over it and have a baby crying. I mean, it is the kid shrieking. And I'm thinking, I don't even care if there's spooky time going on. Somebody go pick up their baby. <laughs> um, it looks like, yes. Huh. The, the, it will be the same person portraying hunter well the same child portraying hunter in the sequels so yes i guess making the paranormal activity bucks yeah well i guess he couldn't have been traumatized too bad then so that makes me feel a little better but i won't tell you which one is credited because you know i don't want you to know what's coming up because after three it's when it becomes a bit more of a question mark for me too about where all the stuff goes i remember what three is about but other than that not really. 
Yeah, and isn't three like a prequel prequel, like back in the 80s prequel? It's like them as, like, it's the, like, where did it all start? Which we see a little bit of in this one. Like, Hunter is there for a plot-related reason. Yeah. They start to dig into the idea that, hey, you can make a deal with a demon for whatever it is you're looking for in trade of your firstborn son, except, uh-oh, they keep having girls, and now they have Hunter. So... Yeah. That's where we're at, plot-wise. Yeah, and, and I do appreciate that they gave us a plot. I, I appreciate that they did that because it was very much a building block onto future pieces of the franchise. So I, I get why they did it. I think, again, that for me personally, that took away some of the fear because that turned it into a silly demon movie instead of, in the first one, I love the fact of well, this used to be from when I was little, but we don't know why. Why me? Why was I? To me, that made it scary because, well, if it, they targeted Katie, why, they could target any one of us. You know, but to me, that was scarier now that it's like, oh, grandma went and did some voodoo shit with a devil. Oh, that's why. And that killed some of the fear for me. I completely agree. Yeah, it's the idea of sometimes horror feeling a need to over explain things like, wouldn't it be scarier if you knew where Leatherface got his chainsaw and we all go no but they're like well here's the answer he saw he saw it and he picked it up oh okay great now we know for the record that is apparently in the prequel to Texas Chainsaw Massacre that's what happened he finds a chainsaw and he picks it up that is the origin of how Leatherface got a chainsaw um yeah, so I agree, I, and I don't think that's going to yeah. stop as the sequels continue and they have to keep maintaining the storyline. I'm pretty sure by the end, I don't remember if we see it, but I'm sure we probably get a glimpse yeah. of it and, or something. I mean, and in their defense, I also get it because, like, let's pretend that we go through all seven of these movies and it's still just because that would get really old, too. Because, yeah. like, after this long, you haven't figured out why. Come on. But yeah, at that point, it would just be lazy. Like, you, you can't, right. you got to give us something. Like, no, you yeah. figure so, I mean, it out. It's like, then why are we paying you to write movies? <laughs> right. So, I mean, honestly, I kind of feel bad about saying that was something that turned me off on the movie because it's a case of me bitching without having a solution. Because uh, there really isn't one. But it just, to me, it just cheapened the whole thing a little bit. Yeah. No, I agree with all that. I agree that I don't have a way that they could have done it better. But I also agree that saying, here's what's going on. And you can just go, oh, well, my parents mm-hmm. didn't do that. So I'm good. Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe I'm still here. So maybe it could have been something different than the stepdaughter doing a 30 second Google search. I'm like, oh, look at the fourth paragraph. And then it just spits it out verbatim. So, I mean, could it have been a little bit more through character development? Maybe, but it was also an 88 minute horror movie. So, oh, I, I think it's it. even less. I think it's like 83. Yeah. Because the credits are weirdly long in this one. Because when I message you to say I have another 10 or so minutes left, I've turned it on and two minutes later it was over. And then it's just a bunch of credits. Yeah. Yeah. And and that was funny because that was fine. You know, I had picked up on. um, So we had to watch this movie in two segments. So we watched it once in our family, you know, probably an hour of it in our family room, you know, on the TV and listening to it. And nothing had happened. But finally, I was like, okay, wait, the tension's ramping up. This is right before bed. I ain't doing this shit again. So we flipped it over to Schitt's Creek and, you know, cleansed the palate. Well, then the next day, you know, my husband was kind of like, I got to finish this thing tonight. Do it. I'm like, no, I'll just do it headphones while I'm working. It'll be fine. Um, So, you know, I, I was, did it on my headphones. And that's when I picked up on their whole tension thing. Like if you're listening to it 
on a big screen, you don't hear it, but in your headphones, there's some kind of vibration or something where it, yep. like, as soon as the spooky shit happens, it almost gets to be like this painful vibration. So as soon as that happened, I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. So it, yeah. it just, I don't know. It was interesting, but you can't hear that if you don't have the headphones in. Yeah. I've watched both with headphones and these are kind of headphone movies for sure. Cause there's so much happening with sound design, but you are right in that whenever this thing shows up, it creates, and there's some of it in the visuals that points to it where it's making things shake. But yeah, whenever you hear the little, like, yep. you're like, Oh, except that one, I don't remember yes. it happening before that one kind of cheap, but really good jump scare. So maybe we should get into the pre-prepared questions. Although that one is not first first is your favorite character. <laughs> the dog. <laughs> oh, see, I wrote the pool cleaner. <laughs> when the little pool cleaner gets out of the pool, I was like, yes, get him. Oh, God. But uh, to be honest with you, it's probably the dog. Simply because I do think that they portrayed the dog really well. I mean, they, they did use the dog for kind of a cheap visceral punch where the dog is attacked but I like the fact how the dog sensed that weird shit was happening the dog was fairly protective of the kid I mean I I just I liked how the, they portrayed the dog as a good family dog and I suppose this is also where I should preface it by saying I don't have a dog I've never had a dog so my interactions with dogs are other people's and literally media animals and from a media standpoint, I think they did a nice job with that dog. Yeah. Yeah, they get some good creepiness out of it, too, because he'll be, mm-hmm. he sleeps with the with the baby, which is nice that the dog makes his way in to always sleep next to the kid. And, like, he'll bark at the door when there's nothing there, so you know, uh-oh, yep. there, there, there's something there. I, I also liked, I don't, God, I feel bad that I don't remember her name, their housekeeper that gets fired super early in the yes. movie. Yeah. Um, by our least, what I'm sure is our least favorite character. Although technically Micah comes back, but for reasons that are, I won't pick him because that's cheating. But yeah, I liked, uh, I liked her too, because she's the first one to figure it all out. And her reward Mm -hmm. is to get fired. And then they come back and plead with her later to please come solve the problem. Which Which, let's just talk about that. She does. And what I just, um, again, I just kind of did the whole, uh, really? So they fired this person who is their housekeeper and they introduced her as the nanny. And she immediately shows up as soon as they bring Hunter home as an infant. So she's with the family at least two years, probably more. Cause I highly doubt they hired her the instant they gave birth to the kid. Right. Mm-hmm. So she's with them for two years. He fires her and probably 10 days later, he decides he needs to call her back and it shows him riff, you know, rifling through his desk, picking up papers. And finally at the bottom of a drawer, he pulls out a little slip of paper with her cell phone number on it. And that's how he contacts her. If she has been that much of a part of your family for how many years, you don't have the number still in your cell phone. Like you fired her and just purged her existence. Come on. Well, he is probably our least favorite character, right? Is, is he yours? He's mine. He's, He's once mine. again, yeah. the main dude for almost all of the same reasons. Yep. Which I didn't lady. even realize was his name. Like, I didn't know what his name was. I couldn't figure out what she was screaming or anything. Like, I thought it was John for the longest time. It's Daniel. So she must have been screaming Dan and it just translated weird. I didn't even realize what his name was until it said, you know, Allie came home from school and found him. <laughs> Which, I was like, oh, that, who, who is that guy? 
that ending was kind of funny. Again, spoilers for the movie. Um, yeah, the parents end up dead, and the end, the text just comes up that says, "Hey, the daughter came home from a class trip and found their bodies." Yeah. The end. The end. It's like I guess they were like, "Ah, it's too mean if we kill the like fifteen-year-old or however old she was, sister. Like that's too dark." So we'll just put that in text. Yeah. Yeah, the dad is definitely for the standard horror movie reasons. Both his wife and his daughter are pleading with him. Something mm-hmm. weird's going on. The housekeeper, something weird is going on. And his answer all the time is just like, okay, you're fired. You two need to stop. You're being hysterical. Mm-hmm. Like, stop being crazy ladies. Mm-hmm. You're all crazy women. I'm surrounded by crazy, over-emotional women. Yeah. And the, the wind yes, blew the door snap. shut. What wind, dude? What yeah. wind? Yeah. Doesn't, he- yeah. The one moment he kind of redeems himself is when the daughter basically pleads with him, you need to look at the footage. And he does. At least, and he's like, okay, yeah, that things are messed up, but yeah, he um, just delays taking action for the first hour of the movie by just like your daughter's fifteen, it's your second wife, but they've probably been married a little while, at least a few years. I, I'd imagine one so. would suspect that they have enough of a relationship that if they come to you and say, "Hey, for the first time ever, I am telling you that there is something supernatural." happening that you wouldn't just go oh no it's, you're crazy this is a boy yeah, you yeah. cry wolf thing like if they're doing it to you every day and then going like ah i'm just joking sure yeah that would immediately be like no that, just, I, I, like, I, yeah it's just it's kind of one of those things where i just i think even to like the the couples i have in my life not even people i'm super close to but i can't see anybody that's like if one of them turns to the other it's like supernatural shit is happening they're gonna be like you crazy yeah, everyone's gonna be like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, and I, I, I've talked about it before. It's my one of my biggest beasts with horror movies is the, mm-hmm. where the couple who's been together for thirty years, all of a sudden, one of them is like, "There's something weird going on," and the other one's like, "You, you we're gonna take you to see a therapist. You're crazy." Yeah, like, why, or why would you jump to that? Right, or, or even children. Like that drives me nuts too. Because like even my kid, he'll come and he'll be telling me some bozo shit, and I'll be like, "Wait, what?" Repeat yourself. Explain that to me again. What did you just say? <laughs> Instead of, hmm, you're crazy. I don't know. I, my Facebook memory the other year uh, day was something I forgot about that happened when my um, oldest was, I think, two. And the dialogue exchange that I wrote on Facebook, it was her saying like, oh, no, a monster's coming. And then I come around the corner. She's like, oh, no, it's just daddy. And I'm like, yeah, it's just daddy. And then she turns serious and says, the monster's still in the house, though, daddy. It's like. Oh, Christ. Oh, no. <laughs> My kid did something like that when I was talking to um, It was something in bed. I, I don't remember how I documented it because I, I know I found it, but it was something similar. Like, um, they're, you know, uh, mommy, mommy, something's wrong. What's happening? They're coming. They're coming. And then he fell back to sleep. I'm like, wait, what? We're going to a hotel, yeah. We're going to a hotel tonight. <laughs> yeah. We're going to sleep in the neighbor's yard. Let's go. The other one that left out is we have a uh, kid's adaptation of Alice in Wonderland that's very simplified. And on one page, it's just a green frog. And it's a green frog standing there wearing a dapper suit. And we were reading this book for like maybe the second or third time. And we get to the green frog and she goes, that's a bad frog. And I go, him? He's a bad frog? She goes, yeah. He takes all the children away. So, <laughs> like, where did... 
I was like, where did that come from? And she didn't have an answer. It's like, I haven't seen Alice in Wonderland in a really long time, but I don't remember that. Yeah. Yeah. See, but I mean, just the knee jerk reaction as a parent is you're like, wait, let's investigate that further instead of you crazy. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. One more. We were reading the very hungry. This one's not even creepy. It's just funny. We were reading the very hungry caterpillar. Um, and I said, like, oh, the very hungry caterpillar. And she says, I hope he eats children. <laughs> and then we read the book. And at the end, she took it and just started flipping back through the pages and went, hmm, doesn't seem to eat children. Oh, no, he doesn't eat any children or something like that. God, I love I was it. Like, oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> uh... So, yes, I mean, using children in horror is obviously well-rooted in reality, but uh, come on, people, do better. Scariest moment is the next question. I feel like we're probably both going to agree with that one. Um, We've been describing it, but we didn't actually say what really happens. Uh, Christy is just hanging out in the kitchen in the middle of the morning, like drinking her coffee. And no, then, she was making tea, and so she put the tea kettle on the oh, stove. Oh, she put the tea kettle on, yeah, because right, you can kind of hear it starting to go. And then she's sitting um, there at the island, and she's flipping through a magazine, and just the kitchen explodes. Yeah, yeah, like every pot and pan falls, every cupboard opens, and items come smashing out, and it's just the it's the cheapest jump scare in the world. Is the definition of a cheap jump scare? But god damn, that was, it was I good. Didn't, I, I I watched this on video or like DVD or whatever when it first came out. Man, that would have been a good theater moment. Like that mm-hmm. must have got everybody because it's the one time, it's the classic insidious jump scare where you're like, we're at the breakfast table. We're safe until that becomes night. Yep. So it was nice for them to be like, no, the biggest scare in the movie is happening at 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And I, I like you said, I think it's a very cheap thrill, but kind of going back to the first one, Cheap thrills are good if done well. And I I liked it because it was also fairly original too, because we haven't had something that explosive. And I think a lot of the other scares that were supposed to be so scary, they were just carbon copies of the first one. So to me, there wasn't that shock and awe. It was just, here we go again. And like I, in the first one, you know, my scariest moment was when she was drunk down the hallway. Well, Guess what, guys? Sister is drug out of the baby's room. And I just went, really? Like, I, I sit in here watching and go, huh. And I mean, and they drew it out. In the first one, she was drugged down the hallway. Mika goes ripping after her. I mean, it's succinct. It's quick. It's brutal. This one, they drug it out for, I think it was almost three minutes of her being drugged around the house and kicking and screaming. And I mean, it was just yeah, and then she's dragged into the basement and then the camera waits for a while and then she comes out of the basement and no, no, she's possessed now. Yeah. But uh, two other reasons I think that jump scare work. Well, one is because it's like we were saying in the last episode, found footage doesn't have the advantage of music or that. So it's cool that they found a way to create a jump scare that felt natural within the universe because also earlier in the movie, like a pot falls. So we know that this asshole likes to mess with their kitchen. But also, it's really the only big jump scare in the movie. So you haven't been desensitized because it's not doing that thing that a lot of horror falls back on, where it's just blah, 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 blah. And you're like, okay, this is just lazy. It's kind of the only one they go for. 
So it makes yeah. it like that much better that it's just like, we're going to have one major jump scare, but we're going to like, we're basically going to build the movie around it. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Cause I think other than that, and I maybe there's that one flash when he's down in the basement trying to find the kid that is yeah, pretty... where, she, where she does the demon face. Yeah. So, I mean, there's that, but I mean, I think those are the only two jump scares. Other than that, I'd categorize the whole movie as just, mildly eerie yeah because even the first movie ends on a big jump scare but this one doesn't this one this one just kind of fizzles away i guess we should talk about the ending um yeah because maybe and that's i i do like i said i i i like the ending more than i thought i would because by the time i got to the ending I was so disenchanted with the whole movie because I mean, and that's, that's also, I have to be careful to say that's a lot on me. Cause I was also, I got really freaked out from the first one. Like I, I looking back now, I mean, I still, if I think about that movie, I kind of do the whole like heebie jeebies a little bit and we are six days since we watched it. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, so it, it's living rent free in my head right now. <laughs> so I think I had really, really high expectations for this one to reach that same le- level of terror. And it's a sequel. So right then and there, it's it's probably not going to deliver. But by the time we hit the finale, I was so disenchanted with it. I was just like, okay, let's wrap it up. But like I said, I, I like how they tied them together. That was clever because... Like we said, it's it's 60 days before Mika's death. And, you know, yada, yada. well, then all of a sudden they call in the housekeeper, like we, what we said earlier. And she's like, well, you know, use this cross because here comes the demons, guys. Use this cross. And if you use this cross, it will expel the demon and it will knock her out. And she won't remember it. And then there's the Daniel has a 37 second moral dilemma because if he knocks the demon out of christy it's gonna go to katie because it's got to go down the family can i do this to katie but it's my wife and that was pretty much the end of his internal debate yeah (laughs) and and, yeah yeah i guess you know full disclosure if i had to knock a demon out of my husband knowing it was heading to my brother-in-law i'd I'd do it (laughs) maybe don't maybe he doesn't get to listen to this podcast then you, you know, and the sad part is my husband would probably like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I get it. You, you know, there's, there's a tie to your spouse that you have to uphold. I get it. But I mean, again, they just, it wasn't really a character development moment. It was a plot point that they needed to shove through to explain why the first one happened. Cause I'm still at this point sitting here going, so this is happening with the f- Christy, but it's also happening simultaneously at Katie. How many ghosts, demons are we? I'm confused. So they explain that well that by curing Christy, they condemn Katie. Okay, cool. Yeah. So paranormal activity two created paranormal activity one. Right. So, you know, yay. So then there's this whole, you know, they have to get the cross onto Christy and so she steals the baby and goes down to the basement because that's now her lair is kind of what my takeaway was and she the demon kills the power to the house and it's completely pitch black so now at this point where we only have the can the handheld camera that the daughter was using um and so you know the dad goes down after his son and you know again I, that's believable I, I guess I, I'd go after my kid I get that. So he goes ripping down there. He finds the kid again. The kid's just wandering around crying at some point. So I'm 
more concerned about his emotional and mental well-being. <laughs> um, but there's a bit of a struggle. You see the demon face we mentioned earlier because the camera falls and he slaps the cross onto Christy and poof, they tuck her into bed and things are fine. And then they show, you know, October 8th, um, which was the day that Paranormal Activity 1 started. Katie was over there visiting and they, well, has there been any more weird stuff? No, no, nothing. It's great. And she's like, well, it's starting at our house. It's really weird. And then she drives away and pulls up. So they, you know, cross cut with some Paranormal Activity 1 stuff and then show the beginning of that movie. Well, and then, and then it's like, oh, no, no, sorry, it was not October 8th when it started. That was the day that Mika died. Okay, so then, you know, paranormal activity, one ends, we know he died. And then the next day, Katie comes to their house. Well, I think it's the same night, isn't it? Like, I think she kills Micah, leaves her house and literally walks over to theirs. Yeah, okay. I I kind of assumed she was hiding for a day, but you're right, because I'm sure she killed him at like, whatever time it was on the eighth and then it crossed over into the new day. So you're right. I kind of missed that. So that makes sense. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I think so anyway. And then the, that's actually a pretty good bit of it. Like the Daniels falling asleep on the couch and then you see. Yep. But okay. And this, this was the thing him. I thought was really cool. I enjoyed this immensely. So when all of a sudden you, you see Daniel asleep on the couch and behind you see Katie show up with her bloodstained white tank top or whatever. Did you hear the commercial that came on the TV? It was the same kitchen cabinet commercial that was playing when Allie had fallen asleep on the couch and they whispered or whatever right before she got locked out. It was the exact same commercial. I did not piece that together. So well yep. done. And so I thought that was a really cool callback because just they they used that almost instead of the because it was the exact same cabinet commercial that had woken her up and then she got locked out of the house and disappeared for like a half hour and we had no idea where she was we kind of missed that whole point now we're talking finale but that was weird to me so anyway but yeah so anyway finale daniel's asleep on the couch katie shows up bloodstained walks up behind him breaks his neck just like no hesitation just like (laughs) there goes like visceral crack he goes limp and then she turns and walks up the stairs and at that point christy's already in there because the baby had started screaming so she was you know trying to settle the baby down and she's like who's that and oh katie what's and then katie like just shoves her and apparently that kills her i'm still not sure well, she basically works. does what she did to micah in the first movie where she just like shoves him really hard at the camera oh that's true okay yeah that is true and then she takes the baby and leaves the end and nobody's heard from Katie or Hunter since. Until, Until either four or five. I forget which one. Probably four. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, I, I, I did like the finale because it ties up enough loose ends that it made the whole movie kind of make sense. But, yeah. Uh, next question. Well, actually, technically, I don't even remember if I asked this in the first episode. Next to scariest moment, I have lamest moment. I don't remember if I got to that question in the first one. No, I don't think we talked about that in the first one. But to be um, honest with you, like thinking back to the first one, I don't think I would have really been able to name a lamest one. No, I don't really have one for this other than kind of what we talked about that, that a lot of the nights nothing happens. Mm-hmm. We see a lot of shots of the pool cleaner and it's like, what's that pool cleaner going to do? And the answer is eventually it gets out of the pool. Yep. Which, okay. which 
was played like that whole footage uh we had to reverse it and look at it again because my husband picked up on it when it climbs out of the pool it's reverse oh yeah it's clearly yeah. someone pulling it in and then yeah exactly right. playing the footage the other way but so that, that's whatever you gotta do time. for your three million dollar movie right. i get it um, no i so, think the lamest for me was um when the demon was pulling her out of the baby's room i just felt like it was just Chief it was this, again. yeah and it seems like they were like oh we'll take it a step further and you'll see it this time it's like yeah didn't need and, and the fact it, it was the whole you peek behind the curtain it's lost magic like yeah. i don't want to see her being you know hanging on to the banister as it's trying to pull her down the stairs it was cooler when we just saw katie being pulled away from the camera and then into the dark screaming and then they go ripping forward again that yeah i don't know cleaner maybe agreed uh, when would you have bailed is the next question for me. It's, again, probably when the house was robbed and right? they come home and they're just like, oh, my God, everything like everything. The daughter even says it's so weird because I know someone's been in here. It's like, yeah, at least for like a day would have taken everyone to a hotel to decompress. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I think probably. I'm just trying to think because, again, it was so drawn out. It's hard to recognize when that catalyst moment would be because yeah there really isn't one this time around like the first has a shit gets real moment when they when both characters undeniably know something's weird Mm -hmm. but here like the dad like they all kind of just come on board in the final act when the wife gets possessed up until then we see a lot and they would if they looked at their cameras yeah they never review the footage or they would see Mm -hmm. you know the kid being pulled out of the crib or yeah which i forget what else still just kills me so she was locked out of the house she acknowledges she was locked out of the house and they never go back to look to make sure that their kid was okay like in my brain and granted i have the availability of hindsight but like if my babysitter comes to me was like i got locked out and i've been out here for you know a while I'd be like, oh my God, there's cameras. Let me go make sure my kid just never moved the whole time instead of, you know, being pulled out of his crib by a ghostly force and he's just wandering the house. I think they just took it as, oh, he seems fine in this moment. Yeah. It'd be too hard to go back and watch the footage. I don't know. They never go back and watch the footage. Maybe in the fiction of the world, they don't have enough reason to, but. Yeah, it's thin. Put it that way. It's thin. Um. Which leads to the next question, which also is much tougher to answer for this one. So I don't know about these questions being consistent throughout the whole series, which is, is the situation realistic? Like, are they handling things in a way that I still think no, because the dad mm-hmm. is so determined to be like, no, you're wrong and you're lying and this isn't, you're all crazy yeah. and no. Like, I, and, I, and I, yeah, I think they lost the realism when they opened the cast. You know, in the first one, it worked really, really well because it was only two people experiencing it because then they had the not only do you have them questioning reality, but you have them questioning each other. But now that you have a larger cast of characters and if you have multiple people saying the exact same things and you're choosing not to acknowledge that you're just choosing to be dumb. So that's where I struggle. Like if it was, again, just a case of, say, you know, Daniel Christie and the baby. Because, I mean, the baby, obviously, is not going to be a good storyteller. Okay, fine. I'd probably buy in a little bit more. But the fact that we have a teenage daughter, you know, not even a little kid making stories about the hungry, hungry caterpillar eating people. <laughs> eating children. Um, she was specific. But I mean, teenager. 
we have a nanny slash housekeeper. We have enough qualified individuals that are saying the same thing, but to me, it's just a very thin plot. It's they chose to remain there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the first movie, they did a good job of explaining why the camera was always on because they made me get a dick who yep. refused to turn it off. Whereas here, like it's a stretch as to mm-hmm. why, like they're staying in the house because the dad's just a, a like in the first movie, Mika acknowledges there is something happening here, but I'm going to be the one to take care of it. I'm going to be the one to fix this. Where in this one, the dad just refuses. It's like, no, 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 but no. I'm at right. The There's same nothing time, here. We cannot put all of that on the dad because Christy, the the mother, at no point does she go, we need to get out. She's like, we're just not going to talk about it. The more you talk about it, the worse it gets. We're just going to ignore it. It's going to go away. Well, you had power and you gave it up also kind of katie's fault too because isn't there a scene where christy tries to talk to her about it and katie's just yep. like i don't want to talk about that that was horrible and we're not gonna do we're not gonna deal with that yep so yeah i don't know maybe that is realistic though that a bunch of people yeah. in this situation would just want to bury their heads in the sand and go this is all just gonna stop and it's all gonna be fine well i mean that is a fair point because i mean what are you gonna do it's not like everybody has a demonologist on c-speed dial <laughs> yeah yeah, so I think our final answer is not as realistic as the first, for sure. The first one, I've, I've really played that well. And like I said, I think that's why it scared the shit out of me. This second one just, it, it felt it, it felt exactly like what you had mentioned in the first one when we were talking about how I think the first one would have turned out with a more well-known cast of characters and a bigger budget. Because then they don't have to work as hard. I, I don't know. It's, I was just kind of disappointed overall, put it that way. All right. Well, I don't think we're going to be too surprised with where the ranking ends up. But first, there's a game. Well, good. I get to lose again. <laughs> uh, yeah, I might have made this too hard. <laughs> so um, Perfect. <laughs> I might have to like make it fair to by giving hints and stuff. Um, but this one is called Complete the Found Footage Movie Title. Oh, yes. Perfect, Sean. Let's just stack that deck a little harder. I have 10 movies in front of me. I have removed a word or a syllable in some cases from 10 movie titles that are all from the found footage subgenre. So you have to tell me what those titles are. And I'll be watching you to see if it looks like you're going on IMDb or something. (laughs) Damn it. Because they're all there. There, there are so many listeners who are going to be so upset slash disappointed with me. Well, I'm going to start with a really easy one. The Blair Witch Blank. <laughs> Project. Correct. <laughs> Actually, the next one's very easy, too. Clover Blank. <laughs> Cloverfield. Yay! Oh, I appreciate these gimmies. Just keep it up with the soft pitches. No, Blank Mungo. Blank Mungo. Oh, this is so embarrassing. Um, Lake? Yes! Really? Yes, Lake Mungo. Uh, Number four, The Taking of Blank Logan. So it is a name. The taking of Blank Logan. What is? Oh, shit, is I've never heard of this Mrs. one. This is Logan's first name. 
Emily. Deborah. Deborah. Yeah, I've never heard of, of that one. Deborah Logan. Uh, next, the sequel to Unfriended, Unfriended Blank Web. Unfriended, which is a movie about the internet. Unfriended. Yes. Really? Okay. I've never even heard of either of those. That just makes sense. I'm just, I'm just hearing, I'm just hearing Stuart from Letterkenny Web. (laughs) You might actually like looking at what's ahead. You might pull this one off. Uh, As above, so blank. Below. Yep. Never, never seen it, but I've heard of that. Uh, The blank exorcism. The blank exorcism. Uh, the last exorcism. I'm watching you to see if you're cheating, and you don't seem to be. You're I'm not. Oh, I'm yeah, just. I'm exorcism. just going with what you... sounds like it would be a punchy title. Because, like, you obviously have this. Because I was worried at this point again that I'd made something too hard. So I have a few easy ones in the back half. Um, but first, the houses blank built. Blank built. Ooh, never heard of this at all. I'm assuming I need a name. No, really. Not a person name, anyway. The name of something. The houses God built. No, the houses October built. October. But you know what? I've never seen the movie, so you could be right. There could be someone in the movie named October who built the houses. I kind of assumed it was the month, but that could be on me. I could be wrong. Um, Yeah, you've already, because you've gotten what? One, two, three. Yeah, you've gotten six out of eight. So at this point, you've won, and you're going to continue to win with these last two. Quarren blank. Quarantine? Yeah. And finally, paranormal blank. Market, hmm. yes. <laughs> paranormal activity. Wrong. It's paranormal activity five. Damn it. You're right. So there you go. Cool. I won. Yay. Well. I'm a competitive so one, bitch, so this makes me happy. <laughs> you're now one out of two. Didn't need those easy ones at all. Uh, let's rank them. There's one, two. <laughs> one, two. Hands down. One, two. Yeah. Um, I was actually ready to go into this a little more like, I don't know, maybe I'd put two above one, but it's the classic, the more we talked about it, the more I'm like, yeah, it's one, two. I I do think the more we've talked about it, the more I realized I did enjoy two more than I was willing to give it credit for. Cause like now that I think back through it and think of it more cerebrally than viscerally, it wasn't bad, but I'm still disappointed coming off the high of one to go into two, it was less. I think you put it well when you said that two is the hypothetical one with the bigger budget and that like, this is what, because it really does mm-hmm. feel like, what if we could had the means to show more and do more? And the answer was that doesn't necessarily make it better. So I'm curious going into three, because I told you offline that I remember it and it kind of has a reputation of being the scariest paranormal activity. I remember that being the case because two, like one, I enjoyed it because I remember not liking one, not really liking two. This time around, I enjoyed them more, obviously having a kid in, in a very similar sleeping situation mm-hmm. as our own kid. 
made that stuff hit a little harder. But I remember watching three when it first came out and being like, okay, that one got me. So Which makes me so sad because after we I finished two, I've I've been, you know, had some swagger, like I'm handling horror movies, bring it on. I am totally fine now because it's all downhill from here. And now I'm thinking, oh shit, I better not watch three until I don't work the next day. <laughs> I mean, I might be missing. Maybe I'm wrong now. And it's the same thing. We watch it and go like, oh, this is not. No, this plays different now. Who knows? Maybe five will sneak in and be like, oh shit, five. Well done. Like eventually, I assume cell phones must come into play. You think so? Because I'm still kind of surprised, even you know, in 2007 when this is set, that the the teenager wasn't on her cell phone more. Because I mean, 2007, I think yeah. where I was, I had a cell phone and I was pretty attached to it and. I think I was, I don't know, probably a handful of years older than what she was in the movie. So, yeah. I think I got my first cell phone in 07 or 08, so. Really? Oh. Yeah, probably. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I got my first one in like 04. Yeah, oh, I, I fully accepted I was pretty late on that, talking, having talked to a bunch of other people. But, so, yeah, we'll see. Paranormal Activity 3 obviously is next. And as always, when you hear this, you can hear that one. So, no need for a formal goodbye. See ya for Paranormal Activity 3.